Welcome to the Women's Football Podcast, our look at the women's game from the Champions League to the National League and beyond. I am Liv Griffiths and joining us to look over the action is Andrew Rayburn. Hello, Andrew. Hi, Liv. Good to be with you again. And also with me is Alex Pereira. Hi, Alex. Hi, Liv. It's great to be back again. Glad to have you back. Looking forward to Christmas? Oh, for sure. I'm finally getting in that Christmas spirit and the football games are just coming thick and fast. So what more can a football fan want? Absolutely. Right. Let's get to it then. Back to midweek and Champions League action. On Wednesday, Chelsea hosted Juventus, now managed by Joe Montemiro, former Arsenal boss, of course, with the game finishing goalless. Emma Hayes was pleased and set aside a confident they will get the job done this week in Germany. Chelsea need at least a draw in Wolfsburg this Thursday to guarantee progress to the quarterfinals. Alex, a satisfactory point in the end for Chelsea, wasn't it? Off the back of the FA Cup triumph, perhaps we were expecting maybe some tied legs. Yeah, definitely. And I think also the the game did have a bit of controversy with the uh, fan coming onto the pitch and then getting body slammed by Sam Kerr, which I think was a highlight for... I think that was a highlight for many people, although <laughs> I was a bit annoyed she got booked because there wasn't really much else she could do because the stewards weren't there. And it's just come out today that the fans aren't going to face any repercussions because women's matches aren't viewed the same as men's, which I think is ridiculous. But aside from that, yeah... Emma Hayes will be happy with a point because it's one point game, but she'll probably be disappointed that it's not three points. Confident they can get the job done this week, though, and progress? Yeah, and hopefully there'll be a bit of drama. Not too much drama, but like the last time they played Wolfsburg because that was a very, very entertaining match. But Wolfsburg are a very, very good side, so... I'm hoping at least a point, but I would I would love it if we could get three points and cap off Christmas with a win. Well, speaking of drama, Alex, we're going to be trusting you to be going to the Three Bears pub near Stamford Bridge to watch the game, as you've been invited to go watch it, haven't you? Yes, and I can't wait, and because it's so close to Stamford Bridge, and despite Chelsea women having not yet played at Stamford Bridge, it will feel like home, and it will be great to see some... Chelsea fans there out and supporting the women's team because that's what it's I mean I'm always happy to fly the flag for both teams not just the men's team. Arsenal are still favourites to go through in second place in Group C despite a heavy 4-0 loss at home to the champions Barcelona. Despite the game being played at the Emirates it was the Catalans who put on a show and were out of sight by half time. Itana Bonmati, Jennifer Hermoso and Fridolina Rolfo put defending champions Barcelona in control at half time. Hermosa then added her second to make it 4-0 with 15 minutes remaining. A point in Germany next week against Hoffenheim will see the Gunners through. Abby Tyshurst was at the game and gave us her thoughts. It was a cold and wet Thursday when Arsenal met Barcelona at the Emirates in the Champions League group stage. But that did little to dampen the spirits of the 12,000 strong spectators in the crowd. Barcelona were electric. They play in a sort of pack-like manner. Um, Those quick, quick speedy passes. And as soon as the opposition's got the ball, they kind of hunt you down and close you down. And immediately they're on the counter. Despite Arsenal's kind of best efforts, they never really afforded the opportunity to get out first gear. 
and Barcelona proved their quality. Pateas showing exactly why she'd won the Ballon d'Or in the same week. I will give credit to Beth Mead, however. She tried her best to be a nuisance and there was some sense of sort of drive when Irabucci came onto the pitch, but ultimately Barcelona were just far too good. A fantastic evening all round. Andrew, a great occasion to play at the Emirates, but that's an absolute drubbing, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, they were obviously given a bit of a lesson in the uh, in the first fixture and uh, in Spain, and 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 likewise again, just just demonstrating really that uh, you know that they are um, Barcelona. You know uh, that uh, that quite a bit ahead of Arsenal as it stands. Um, they've got to try and just seal the deal now, and that's the most important thing for Arsenal is the is the progression. Are you confident Arsenal will get the job done this week? Yeah, they. I think so. They 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 should do. Famous last words might well come back to haunt me. But they had a, a, a you know a good uh, a good win, obviously in the in the league uh, at, the, at the weekend. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at the uh, the results so far, it's only really been um, that uh, Barcelona those Barcelona fixtures that have caused them problems. They beat Hoffenheim four nil in the home game um pretty comfortably so um yeah they need a point and i would expect arsenal to uh, to come through that one pretty pretty comfortably yeah absolutely no shame in losing to barcelona elsewhere the group lead in group d is still up for grabs with leon two points ahead of bayern munich going into the final match day in group b it's real madrid and psg who go through right we're moving on to domestic matters now on Saturday, there was a shock at the Majeski Stadium as Reading beat Chelsea for the first time in their history. Canadian international Deanne Rose scored the only goal of the game on four minutes. Despite only having 23% possession, the Royals held on for the victory. Well, Alex, what went wrong for Chelsea? Uh, ahead of this game, you would have thought this would have been a routine three points for them, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. And maybe it was the fact of playing three games in six days that took its toll. I know there was squad rotation, but we can't just blame the fact that there's three three games in six days. The team, the Chelsea team has got more than enough quality. I think they kind of got shell-shocked in a sense because this, a similar thing happened last season when they were on that winning streak and then they lost to Brighton 3-2 on a windy day. But Reading, they took you know they took their chance. They defended superbly. I think Chelsea had something ridiculous like thirty four shots on goal, and none of them went in. So maybe the luck just wasn't there for Chelsea, and it went to Reading. Yeah, bad day in the office for them, Andrew. Let's give massive credit to Reading. I mean, they had such a poor start to the season, but they're really flying now, aren't they? They are, yeah, and I think you know you've got to you've got to like you say give give massive credit to Reading. Um, they you know they defended so well in that game. You're always going to have to, aren't you, when uh, uh, you know when you're up against a side like Chelsea who are in such fantastic form. You know, it was quite evident from the word go that they were determined not to just kind of shut up shop, though. And I think that is a, a is, is is credit to them. You know, they got that early goal which again gives them confidence it gives them belief 
um, you could argue, you know, you might have looked at it and gone, have they scored too early? You know what I mean? Sometimes it can rile up uh, opposition sides. Um, you really want to be scoring four minutes in the end rather than four minutes in. But uh, um, if it's nil-nil, but the, you know, they, they, you know, they worked really hard for each other um, and they, uh, yeah, they, they, they got what was a fantastic three points. And as you say, quite rightly that, that, you know, that they are starting to, it's all starting to come together for them. And Reading are always one of those teams that, that on their day, they will pick up results and they will frustrate, uh, you know, some of those, uh, um, you know, some of those bigger teams. So uh, it's, it's happened on this occasion. It won't be the last time I don't suppose this season either. Yes. Must've felt like a very, very long 90 minutes for those Royals. Um, I kind of said it at the beginning of the season when they weren't picking up the points that perhaps Kelly Chambers was under a little bit of pressure. Do you feel like that pressure's gone now? And and where can you see Reading finishing this season? Well, I mean, as you say, yeah, I mean, they 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 lost what was it for first four games, first four league games, um, without without scoring, I think it was. Since then, gone on a great run. Um you know, and beating the teams that you would expect them to 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 to, to beat to try and you know to, to try and finish in that sort of you know in that mid-table kind of group of teams, and then of course backing it up with a, a win over Chelsea. You know, it's it's those sort of games that where teams often say oh, it's not going to define our season. Those sort of results, um, anything's a bonus, free hit, all those cliches. And of course, um, you know, I mean, they've got Arsenal in the new year. They've got Man City actually away next, uh, and that's going to be an interesting one because. You know, that's the sort of game that Man City won't, in their current position and situation, won't fancy. Um, as for Reading, what can they do? It's 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 difficult to tell right now um, because they are just sort of starting to pick up. But yeah, I mean, everybody's trying to just uh, you know finish out you know sort of in the, around that sort of mid-table position, aren't they? Really, and and trying to be the best of the rest and. Uh, you know, but there's a couple of teams who are normally in those uh, positions who, uh, who who aren't figuring at the moment. So, um, uh, you know, when you look at Spurs, Brighton ahead of Manchester United, um, can Reading get into that sort of position? It's it's entirely possible, um, but they've got to obviously uh, uh, atone for those early defeats. Um, by uh, picking up points in the reverse fixtures in those games. Yes, there's lots to play for this season, it feels like. And moving on, Manchester United travelled to the South Coast to take on Brighton. United dominated the first half and took the lead in first half stoppage time as Hayley Loud flicked in a shot on goal. Imagine Russo scored her first goal for United, converting Alicia Russo's cross to seal the points from Mark Skinner's side. Well, a vital win that for Manchester United as they have dominated games, but... They've not been able to finish teams off, have they? So they'll be happy they did it against Brighton, Alex. Yeah, they will be. And they'll be hoping that this can be something that becomes more consistent for them. Because they are a side with quality, but they've struggled, like we've discussed previously, to be consistent and to finish games off. So hopefully this will go on and help inspire them to and give them the belief that they can go and win games and win games comprehensively and just put the opponents to bed. And it's good to see Boris off the mark as well, isn't it? What a player she is. Yeah, sometimes when you get these players and they, they come over and play in the WSL, it takes them a bit of time to adapt. We saw it with Sam Kerr. She took a while to find her feet in the league. And hopefully this can go on and be a really good thing for United, getting them more goals, more belief and more assertiveness on the pitch. Andrew? 
Hope Powell bemoaned a silly first goal and it didn't quite happen for them, did it? No, and I think, um, you know, there's obviously been a lot of... um, I don't know, is hype the right word about Brighton? I don't know, but, uh, you know, sort of perhaps some expectations around them and and obviously they've they've had a couple of defeats uh, of of late. Um, And again, you know, they're not, you know, they're not prolific goal scorers. Um, So uh, certainly not lately anyway. Um, You know, so I think Brighton will, you know, will sort of want to bounce back from that. They'll want to put it to... To, to, to one side big game obviously for them you know on on tv and everything else um but yeah they've now lost their last couple of league games um and they've got uh they've got arsenal away next so it's uh it doesn't get any easier does it i don't know for certain i can have a quick check but brighton to me always seem like they've got a good home record at, 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 at crawley town um Obviously, they just lost to Manchester United, and they they were beaten by Villa there. But but by and large, they've got a good record at home. Um, away from home tends to be um, where they've struggled in the past. Obviously, good win over Birmingham, but they're struggling. Um, good win at Everton this season. Um, but yeah, sometimes on their travels, um, they've they've not been, um, you know, they've not been, uh, you know, able to 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 pick up uh, to pick up as many points as you might need to if they want to be considered for those again for that for that upper mid table slot you know everybody's looking at the the situations with Everton and 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 Manchester City and saying well this is our chance yeah you got to uh, you got to um you know you've got to be consistent obviously the, the most consistent team will 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 take it so uh, um but Brighton I'm sure will just uh, look to try and finish in that top 5 which they've you know they've not done before so that's going to be their their club aim I think but uh, certainly the head to head against Arsenal for them, quite understandably, is appalling. So <laughs> I don't see, I don't see where they're going to go with that one. But uh, I'm not sure. In fact, looking at it, I am. It's so appalling. I'm not sure Brighton have actually scored against Arsenal um, in some time. I'm looking at it here as uh, the only goal a Brighton scored against Arsenal came in November 2018, which wow. is um, some matches ago. They've lost plenty four nil, five nil. So uh, yeah. Well, that's that's a headache for Hope Powell to deal with on Sunday. But speaking of Arsenal, they did bounce back from their midweek disappointment and dominated against bottom side Leicester on Sunday. Jordan Nobbs got the opener on 22 minutes from Vivian Miedemar's cutback before the Dutch striker got on the score sheet, converting Nikita Paris's cross. Things got tougher for Leicester when Gemma Purfield was given a straight red card for denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity when Paris was brought down as she bared down on goal. Frida Marnham finally wrapped it up as she added too late on after coming off the subs bench. Andrew, it's a huge game against Birmingham next week for Leicester, isn't it? It really is. I think I mentioned in last week's pod, it's kind of, uh, you know, Lydia Bedford's obviously come in, but, you know, they played Arsenal and, 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 and you then go, right, well, fine. But, you know, this is where their season starts. Um, it is with that one relegation place. It is huge. I mean, it's it's who knows one of the teams might pick up the odd result here and there you can't tell and 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 but when you get a, a match against your direct relegation rivals and let's face it there are well there's nine points between Birmingham who are second from bottom and Aston Villa who are third from bottom um so that bridge that gap is is very difficult to close um even with you know not quite halfway through the season yet um so you would imagine it's going to be Birmingham or Leicester and if one of those teams takes six points from these, you know, those two fixtures, then 
you would uh, you would make them obviously strong favourites to avoid the drop. Um, let's hope that it produces some incentivized football rather than sort of nervy football. Let's hope both sides try to win it rather than both sides trying not to lose it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a six-pointer. Alex, the task of survival for Leicester's looking a bit bleak now, isn't it, for the Foxes and Lydia Bedford? Yeah, I just, I can't see things improving for them drastically, but they'll stay up. It's such a shame that they were so close to having a point and then they couldn't hold on. So I'm not quite sure where it's gone wrong for them because they've invested, maybe where they've invested perhaps it's not the right players. So hopefully this will be a good learning curve for them that if they do go down and, you know, hopefully they can get promoted straight back up and then realise the errors of their ways and learn from the mistakes from that to then become a more comprehensive WSL side. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. It was looking like another difficult day at the office for Manchester City as they fell behind to a Christy Murray penalty at Birmingham City. City were level thanks to a blockbuster from Georgia Stanway, but Birmingham went back ahead when Captain Louise Quinn restored their lead. But City were level again in a breathless first half as Lauren Hemp headed home. And a last gasp winner from Ellen White ensured it was back-to-back wins for Gareth Taylor's side. City had a few players missing through injury and COVID, so they showed great character to win this game, didn't they, Alex? Yeah, they did. COVID seems to be running rife through many football teams, not just on the women's side, but particularly in the men. But COVID aside, Mm -hmm. uh, Man City will feel a lot better because they haven't had perhaps the season they would have liked. They've struggled with injuries, form all those sorts of things got knocked out of the Champions League early so hopefully now this will go on to help them be like okay so we're not going to get we're not going to win the WSL we might not even come second but if we can place top six considering where we were a couple weeks ago or even a month ago that's surely a better season than if we just don't fight and try Consistency is key. Andrew, for Birmingham, it's a bit of a bitter pill to swallow ahead of such a massive game against Leicester. However, before this game, Birmingham had only scored two goals all season. They got two against Man City. Perhaps they should be, well, probably be the more competent of teams going in to pick up points. Yeah, it's an interesting one, actually, isn't it? And I said, you know, going back to my previous uh, answer about that game, the Leicester Birmingham game. You know, you never can tell in in this sport of ours when um, you know a team might pick up a result. You know, uh, you know against all expectations, and and when Birmingham uh, you know took the lead against Manchester City, you can always point out Manchester City's uh, flaws this season and 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 res- you know dropped points and everything else. Um, but if that had gone against them, Birmingham would have obviously really. Uh, uh, you know, held the whip hand over Leicester going into that match. Birmingham's additional experience, um, you know, obviously in in at this level, um, you know, may well tell. Um, Leicester may consider it sort of, you know, uh, a bit of a, a, a last, you know, last chance saloon for them, maybe possibly, you know, to try and obviously stay up for first time round. So, uh, you know, there's plenty of incentives for, for, for both sides in, in the game coming up. Um, the fact that Birmingham have, you know, done a decent job against against Manchester City, albeit one that 
have injuries and aren't in the best of form could well give them extra confidence. Um, and Leicester obviously do concede a lot of goals. Um, but I think this kind of this match operates. Um, I should just point out, of course, probably unfair on Leicester actually because they've sort of conceded a similar amount of goals as Birmingham. This match kind of operates in its own um, sort of biosphere. I think really it is it is one of those almost like a cup tie. Um, and uh, you know, I think both teams will will know exactly what they need to do to to get the the, the you know the, the the win in this match. Essentially, performances and results against other teams in this on this occasion won't matter. It'll be about to use yet another cliche. Who wants it more on the day, really? Well, it's certainly going to be the great escape, isn't it? And elsewhere, Spurs came from behind to beat Aston Villa. Rian Skinner's side fought back from a goal down after Villa's Remy Allen applied a deft and clever finish. But Kia Simons coolly levelled with the penalty after Rhea Percival was brought down by Megan Sargent. And Williams delivered the key second half moment, finishing off good work by Jess Naz. That win moves Spurs into third behind Brighton to be the best of the rest. Well, Alex, it's been all about building from the back this season for Spurs, hasn't it? Just seven goals conceded for Rian Skinner's side. It's really paying off now, isn't it? Yeah, we can't forget they did have quite a good start to the season and then they they lost to Arsenal and then it just kind of sparked something in them where they couldn't put results together. Rian Skinner's come in sort of implemented that the defence is key because as we know in football you can only do as well as your defence I've always been told the keeper can only be as good as their defence so by them working on the errors and sort of trying to build that consistency I know we said consistency a lot but it really is an effective way and hopefully it'll help them have belief as well to be like okay we can win games and we can also defend well. So you need both parts, I think, to be a successful team. Yeah, absolutely. Nicely put. Andrew, Villa will feel a little bit deflated, won't they? They probably deserved a draw, but that's now five defeats in six games for them. Yeah, very frustrating um, for Villa. Um, as you say, they, you know, it's a, you know, it's a good Spurs side um, who have done well so far this season. Um, but it's still a defeat at the end of the day, no matter how you know how well you perform and how close you, you come. Um, and they are sort of heading in the wrong direction as far as they're concerned. The big concern um, really is the, is the goals for column outside of Leicester and Birmingham. You know, they're the lowest scorers in the league, Villa. Um, they do very well defensively. They're very well organised. Um, you know, we think we saw that in the Arsenal game earlier in the season, um, you know, when they, they kept Arsenal you know, at arm's length for a prolonged period of time. And of course, Chelsea, where they only lost 1-0. The difficulty comes when they do go that goal behind, especially against the bigger sides. You know, do they have the, you know, the firepower to uh, to get back into games? You know, it would su- suggest not. And of course, you know, without Iwabuchi this, you know, this season, that's, um, you know, uh, you know they, they, they sort of lack... Um, uh, that bit of extra creativity. Remy Allen's done very well, but I think, uh, yeah, I think Villa will be grateful for the, you know, for the uh, performances of Birmingham and Leicester at the moment. Um, but uh, certainly, room for uh, improvement for Villa in, in the coming in the coming uh, weeks and certainly in the new year. Uh, but if they can pick up uh, form, you know, they're only three points off Manchester City. And if you'd have said that to Villa, <laughs> it'd be three points behind Manchester City going into Christmas. I think they'd be delighted. It's a crazy old season, is this one? Everton and West Ham met at Walton Hall Park and the points were shared on Merseyside thanks to Tony Duggan scoring her first WSL goal for Everton in eight years. West Ham had taken the lead through Zanetta Wynn's 
tapping her first for the club, but they failed to add to their lead despite their dominance and Duggan's equaliser earned a share of the spoils to leave West Ham 7th and Everton 9th. Well, Alex, for West Ham, an improvement from last season, but you still feel they're quite not, they haven't quite reached their potential, have they? No, like you say, they've had some good moments. They've had some bad moments, but like, it's just sort of now getting towards the back crunch of the fixtures that they kind of want to be a bit more consistent and show people that they are one of those teams that can compete at the highest level. Like It makes it exciting for them as well when you've got teams like West Ham challenging for top six and stuff like that because sometimes it can be quite stale if it's just your Chelsea, your Arsenal's, your Cities, your United. So you want a bit of intrigue and you want a bit of you want teams to challenge and show that just because we don't have as much money as some of the other teams, we are able to compete at a high and competitive level. Mm, Absolutely. We want a bit of excitement. And speaking of excitement, Tony Duggan is, you know, she's still a household name returning to the WSL. She's still only 30, got a few years left in her, but should Everton be relying on her all the time to get all these results? No, they shouldn't because Although Tony Duggan is a phenomenal player, it's a lot for anyone, particularly her, for all of Everton's hopes to be rested on one player. You need, realistically, if you want to be competitive and compete and get results, you need at least three or four players, as well as Tony Duggan, contributing, because it can't just be her standing up every time, putting her hand up to say, I'm the one that's going to do everything, because realistically, that's just not going to happen. So I think definitely she needs more support from her fellow teammates. And hopefully with Everton sort of starting to score goals and perhaps get some more points on the board, that will hopefully give them some hope that they don't have to be so reliant on Tony Duggan and they can all contribute. Yeah, absolutely. They do seem to be improving. No championship games this weekend as all 12 teams were in FA Cup third round action. One had their match postponed, 10 made it through to round four, but one suffered a surprise defeat. Andrew has the roundup of all the games and news of the fourth round draw made last night. Andrew, over to you. Yeah, thanks, Liv. It was uh, Crystal Palace who were on the wrong end of the only real shock of the third round as they went down 1-0 to third-tier Bridgewater United. Laura Holden's goal on the stroke of half-time proved to be the match winner. And what a tie Bridgewater to have in round four, drawn at home to Manchester United. A fantastic reward for them. Uh, No other upsets, although Blackburn and Sunderland were both given tough tests by lower league opposition before emerging 1-0 winners. Saffron Jordan got the breakthrough for Blackburn at fourth tier Liverpool Feds. Uh, Rovers will be away to championship rivals Durham in round four, while Emily Scar's top corner finish earned Sunderland a victory at third tier Brickhouse Town. Sunderland go to WSL strugglers Birmingham City in the fourth round. Uh, Fifth tier Ashford Town Middlesex briefly dared to dream when they equalised in the first half against championship high flyers London City Lionesses, some 37 places above them in the pyramid. Uh, But Mel Phillips' side ran out 6-1 winners in the end. Uh, London City Lionesses away to uh, WSL leaders Arsenal 
in the fourth round. Uh, another fifth-tier outfit, Stourbridge, performed well against championship opponents before losing 3-0 to Sheffield United. The Blades will face uh, WSL opposition next in West Ham. Seventh-tier Clapton Community's famous run was brought to an end by a 5-0 defeat at third-tier Plymouth. The Pilgrims' progress into the next round means they face either league rivals Gillingham or championship side Charlton in round four after that match was postponed. There are three fourth-tier sides definitely in the fourth round. Lincoln City have the pick of the ties. They needed extra time to see off fifth-tier Northampton and will now travel to championship leaders Liverpool. Uh, Billericke, who put 10 past Chesham, will also face championship opposition as they host Coventry United. Newcastle, who won at Chorley, have a home tie with third-tier High Flyers Ipswich. Uh, the all-National League South Coast derby between Portsmouth and Southampton FC women went to extra time with Saints snatching it 2-1. Uh, their reward is a home game with Bristol City. Uh, let's take a look at the other ties from last night's draw. Chelsea, who have been holders of the competition for ooh, at least a week now, uh, will travel to uh, Aston Villa. Uh, third-tier Nottingham Forest have a cracking tie against Manchester City, while another third-tier side, Huddersfield, also have WSL opposition in Everton. Uh, there's a couple of other all WSL ties. Brighton play Reading, while Spurs face Leicester. At third tier, West Brom will face the winners of the postponed match between two fourth tier sides, Southampton Women's FC and Exeter City. That tie, uh, plus the Newcastle-Ipswich match I mentioned earlier, guarantees at least two FA Women's National League clubs in the fifth round. So a quick recap of the full fourth round draw. Arsenal against London City Lionesses, Aston Villa against Chelsea, Billericay Town against Coventry United, Birmingham City against Sunderland, Bridgewater United against Manchester United, Brighton against Reading, it's Durham against Blackburn, Huddersfield versus Everton, Liverpool play Lincoln City, Newcastle United host Ipswich, it's Nottingham Forest against Manchester City, Plymouth will play Gillingham or Charlton, Sheffield United host West Ham, Southampton FC women play Bristol City, Tottenham against Leicester, and West Brom versus Southampton Women's FC or Exeter live. And breathe, Andrew. Thank you very much for that. Some exciting ties to come and hopefully there'll be some upsets on the cards. Finally, World Cup winner Alex Morgan has joined San Diego before their first season in the National Women's Soccer League. Morgan, who is from California, said, I am coming home to partner with this ambitious new club and to push the league forward for generations of soccer players to come. Former Manchester United manager Casey Stoney is their club's head coach. Stoney praised Morgan's world-class ability, mentality and competitiveness. She did have a loan spell with Tottenham recently, where Alex Morgan watch was born as she spent more time on the sidelines than playing. But she most recently played for the Orlando Pride, where she was named Player of the Month in May. Well, that is it. My thanks to Andrew and Alex. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TWFP1 and Instagram, the Women's Football Podcast, and also subscribe via all good podcasting platforms. Until then, have a great week and we'll see you very soon. <laughs>